0: This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 1030 a.m. and 230 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. We're going to do a a quick study this afternoon, and a couple of these young men went went through this recently with me um, it's uh it's going to deal with some tough subject material and it's not going to be exhaustive okay we're just going to kind of do a quick overview of this stuff and you young folks okay this is it's put together for you because of the challenges you face but it 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 applies to all of us because we're all faced with these challenges whether it's uh, personally or whether we're raising kids or grandkids or what have you. So keep that in mind. Uh, If you do have questions about this, please get with your parents, your grandparents, the elders of the church, because I guarantee you they're going to give you God's answer. Okay. As we go through this material. I also wanted to say that uh, we didn't put this study together to throw rocks at people. Or to make you feel bad. Now if the scripture does that. Then you best guaranteed you better get it right. Because the scripture, that's the truth. Okay. But the things we're going to talk about. There are many of us here today. Include myself that have struggled with some of these things. Okay. So don't feel like the Lone Ranger. If if your toes get stepped on. Just correct it. Integrity. The undivided Christian. That's what, kind of what we're going to base this study on this afternoon. Uh, I've, You know, grown men. I've asked over 300 grown men that are not Christians, that are not Christians, to define what integrity is. And do you know how many of them have got even close? Out of 300, over 300 men, grown men, two, two. One of them told me, it's, I do in private the same things that I would do in front of my grandmother. So he's he's got it pretty close now, doesn't he? Okay? Because I guarantee you, if I would have stuck by that rule, I would not have done a lot of things because I couldn't have done them in front of Anna Dukes. She would have grabbed me by the ear, for sure. But the good news about that is, is, When we travel around and do this study with our young folks, many, many of them know what integrity is. They will give you the definition. And that speaks volumes about how you are teaching your children and your grandchildren. Keep up the good work. Integrity, there in Proverbs 2 and verse 6, For the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth, cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He is a defense to those that have integrity. And even secular definitions here, well, in the Bible, in the Hebrew, in the Old Testament, the word that is translated as integrity means simplicity, a soundness, a completeness, upright perfection. And in the Greek of the New Testament, uh, that word is incorruptibility, soundness, and purity. But even secular definitions if you get a copyrighted dictionary that's a little bit older, it's going to say something along the lines of what Rhett Webster says, a wholeness of person, being undivided, the state of being whole. But here's the thing about that. You go get a new dictionary, and a lot of them are going to have a completely different definition. Modern definition of integrity requires that a person only perform actions that squares with his inner values. So if my inner values are corrupt, what that says is all I have to do is be consistent with corruptness and I have integrity. Folks, that is a lie. That is a lie. That is exactly the opposite of what the Bible describes as integrity. Now, Vladimir Lenin, one of the founders of communism, He stole this from somebody else, but he's quoted often as saying this. A lie told often enough becomes the truth. And you can look on social media, our news, our national news, these lies that get told over and over and over again, and gullible people, masses of gullible people start to believe these things. Okay, They start to believe lies as if they were truth. And they start to base their opinions on them and their beliefs on them. So we're going to look at that a little bit today in this study. Moral relativism. My my truth is not yours, but it's still the truth. In other words, David, you can have a truth that's completely opposite of what I believe, but guess what? We're both right. That's what the world's telling our kids. That's what it's telling us. Moral relativism is the view that ethical standards, morality, positions of right and wrong are culturally based and therefore subject to a person's individual choice. There is no absolute standard of truth. That's what the world is telling our kids, folks. That's what people in positions of authority are telling our people. There is an absolute standard of truth. You know... I was on a plane heading up to Washington State to do some church work, and I got in a discussion with a graduate student up there who was sitting next to me on the plane, and he asked me what I was about, and I told him what we were going to go do, and he said, "That's great. Go preach your truth. Go tell them your truth." And I said, "Hold on a second. That ain't my truth. <laughs> There's only one truth." He goes, no, that's what I mean. Just, just tell them your truth. And I said, what do you mean by that? I said, you have a different truth than this? And he said, yes, absolutely. I don't believe any of that. My truth is op- it's completely different than that. And I said, but it's still true. There's no absolute truth. And he said, yeah, exactly. I said, well, is that true? You see, it's a self-defeating argument. It's chaos. And that's what the world's teaching our kids and teaching us. Another famous philosopher says listen to your own self. If you listen to that self within then you find the truth. This is what people in authority are telling our people. This is what the word says about that. There in Jeremiah 17 and 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's what the word of God says. About our hearts. When they're not in tune with God. So. In, in, in conclusion of this part here, according to the world, there is no absolute truth. Each person has their own truth. You make your own truth. That's what the world's telling you kids. It's what it's telling us. But the Word says this in John chapter 14 and 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's what the Word of God says. It's completely opposite of what the world's telling our kids and telling us. Our world today, Judges 17 and 6, speaks about our world today. In those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Does that not remind you of what's going on in our world today? Now, I'm not here to chunk rocks at our great country. Because we're blessed to to live in this country. God blessed us by being born here. Okay? And we love this country. But we need to keep in mind one thing. Jesus Christ is not an American. And he's not a Republican or a Democrat. His kingdom is so far above America that it's not even worth mentioning. He's the king of kings. And he is our king. That is our true, that's where our true allegiance belongs. So, I want to take a look at a few different areas uh, of morality. And this has been studied, polls have been taken, and I've most recently been able to update my my numbers because for a long time I couldn't do it. So in 2018, these are Americans that were polled. 71% of Americans in 2018 said that unmarried sex was morally acceptable 71% said that's okay and the reasons that most people succumb to this they say are peer pressure a national attitude and a, um, the media offerings just kind of a brainwashing thing going on there I want you to notice what this number is in 2022 do you see this 71% in 2018, 76% in two, that four years, folks. And if you go down through these statistics and these approval ratings, what people consider to be good or, or worthy things to do, it just gradually escalates and escalates and escalates. I don't know where it's going to end. I'm not a prophet. But we need to be looking at these things for our own sake and for our kids' sake. So, we all know the risks that are involved here uh, when you engage in this type of activity uh, pregnancy, disease, and virus, a reputation, depression and anxiety, a loss of innocence. You know, uh, God has given us a, a great, great, brain, our brain. It is, they still don't know what our brain can do. I guarantee you, uh, you can be driving down the road and I've struggled with some of this stuff before and I think I've got it beat and I'll be driving down the road down the interstate and I'll see a billboard of, of a suggestive looking lady scantily clad. and guess what my mind goes back to? Something it shouldn't. Young folks, don't, don't run don't your memory. Don't saddle yourself with things that you have to overcome in the future. And last of all, when we engage in this stuff, we become a thief. First of all, because our, go- our bodies, as Christians, belong to God before we're married. And then after we're married, our bodies belong to God and our spouse. So when we participate in these things, we are becoming a thief. God's standard. And I, I want you to grasp this too. Hebrews 13 and 4, Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Young folks, sex between two married individuals is a blessing. It is a blessing from God. It's not dirty. It's a blessing. But when it's entered into outside of God's authority, it becomes a curse. 1 Corinthians 7 and 4. The wife hath not power of her own body but the husband, and likewise also her husband hath not power of his own body but the wife. Defraud ye not one the other, except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. Uh, Let's not be thieves. Let's not steal from God. Let's not steal from our future spouses. this is something I would challenge you to find an evangelist that's not passionate about talking about this. Because this is what we deal with more than anything else, I do believe. 2018 52.5% 52.5% of Americans said that this is morally acceptable. That pornography is morally acceptable. The U.S. is the number one consumer in the world because it consumes 40% of this garbage. $12 billion spent annually here in the U.S. This was in 2018. Okay? And most of it's free. But I really want you to pay attention to this last number. 64% of folks ages 13 to 24 seek it often. Do we see a, a trend here where this is going? God gives us a lot of blessings. But inevitably, man always turns it into a curse. You see? Don't worry, I ain't coming after your cell phones today. I'll let Ian do that some other time. Risk and effects. Downward spiral. These folks, when they view it, and they get hooked by it, they want more and more of it, and more filth, and more filth, and more twisted. That's the way this stuff works. It, it activates some of the same chemicals in your brain that get activated when you use dope. Those reward centers. It's very addictive. A loss of innocence. Memory. We remember these things when we see them. And also becoming a thief. You know, I can't tell you how many marriages we've seen destroyed by this. I can't tell you how many. I can't tell you how many young men. And now young women are tortured and are looking for help to get out of this. I'm going to tell you, folks, this is something we've got to teach our kids about. We've got to arm them about these challenges because they're going to be faced with it. They will be faced with it. But as every other instance that we're challenged with, the Scripture speaks directly to it. Romans six and twelve, not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Do you know what the latest or the latest study that I've come across on this stuff says? That when a person views this garbage, when they view it, do you know what area of their brain becomes electrified and lit up the most? You would, it, I, I would think it would be self-gratification. Do you know what it lights up the most? The same area of your brain as when you use tools. In other words... When people are viewing this stuff, they're viewing those folks that were created by God as tools, as instruments, as objects. When if they were viewing those folks? on that screen through the lens of righteousness, they would see somebody's daughter or son who's caught in Satan's grip. You see First John two and fifteen, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. The scripture speaks about all this, folks. Now, we've got a beloved, beloved brother who graduated college a few years ago, so he's not much older than you young men. He graduated with a a good degree, got a good job. And uh, he went to work, and his buddy, his new buddy in the office, introduced him to this stuff. Do you know what happens today on Sunday, as far as my, as, as far as my knowledge goes? What happens on Sundays now is that man's young wife and their baby sits in a pew by themselves while he's at home in front of a computer screen or whatever I'm telling you folks that young sister and that young baby did not buy in for that they did not buy in for that this stuff is poison it's death on a stick spiritual death Proverbs 7 and 25. Let not thy heart decline to her ways, go not in a stray in her paths, for she hath cast down many wounded. Yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Don't think that you're strong enough to go in and dabble in this stuff and just automatically pull yourself out. Okay? Many strong men have been slain by her. And I'm going to tell you something else. It is. It, it breaks your heart to hear it. There have been many strong women slain by him. That's how far this stuff's gone. In 2018, <clears throat> 63% of Americans said that homosexuality was morally acceptable. Now, the risks are... The same ones we've been going through on this other stuff with the addition of a hugely elevated uh, ca- uh, occurrence of suicidal ideation. You know what that is, folks? That's when people start thinking about taking their own life. 2018, 63% of Americans said it was morally acceptable. I want you to look at this. Four years, folks. said it's morally acceptable. Why do you think that is? I'll tell you one reason. Because people in authority are telling our kids that this is a good thing. It's a viable option. So as generations go on and on, more and more people are agreeable to it. Now, I want to say this as we go through this little section of the study. You know, homosexuality is a sexual sin, okay? Uh, I'm not the judge of souls, but I don't believe it'll take you uh, to hell any quicker than viewing pornography. It's a sin, okay? And while we hate the sin, we do not hate these people. We love them they're they're crea- they're creations of God and he is not willing that any should perish so we're not we're not preaching about hating people okay <clears throat> destroyed <clears throat> you know back when this congregation used to meet in Allison uh we had a young brother in Christ that used to get up and lead songs. Help wait on the table, just like you young men do. He went to college and started dabbling in this stuff. He has not been back in a church building in over 30 years because of this. Some of the saddest things I've ever seen in my life Have you ever seen somebody get church discipline run on them? To the very end, it'll break your heart. I'm telling you folks, this homosexual deal, we've got to teach our kids about it. Teach them what the Bible says. Romans 1 and 24, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through their lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, The Bible talks about all of it, folks. It has the answers. It's the standard of truth. Morally acceptable in America, in 2018, 42% of Americans said that killing babies was acceptable. Uh, between 879,000 879 879, and 1 million per year were killed Uh, On average, the years of 2014 to 2018, 35% of all babies in New York City were aborted in 2018. So I want you to look where this number has gone in in, in four years. 42% of Americans said it's acceptable. Four years later, 52%. Is this alarming to you? about how our society values innocence and values life values the word of God the scripture speaks about it I can't tell you how many scriptures you could pull up that talk about it I just picked one for this thou shalt not commit adultery thou shalt not kill the scriptures speak about it folks yet our kids are told that this is, it's a viable option. If you get in trouble, it's viable. It's not only viable, it's good. <clears throat> Morally acceptable in America in 2018, 67% of folks said that using weed was acceptable. I'm talking about getting high. We're not talking about medicinal. That's a, we'll do that study if you want to. Eighty percent of people of, of Americans said that alcohol drinking to the point of inebriation is morally acceptable. Now, there there's some of us that have struggled with that. I'm one of them. Okay, it's not a fun thing. It's not fun, and it will destroy you. It will destroy your family, your friends. Your loved ones. It's just not you that suffers behind this. So in four years, look where these numbers have gone. Look at them. Four years. 70% of Americans saying that smoking dope is good. 86% say that getting drunk, it's all right. How many of you here that are sitting here today, don't raise your hands because I already know. I bet there's not a single person in here that hadn't been touched by this. Not a single person. If you think that it doesn't affect Christians, you better think again. My best friend obeyed the gospel when he was 15 years old. Guess what he started doing soon after that? He started riding around with a bunch of us other yahoos in, in high school. You know what we were doing? We were dragging Main Street. You know what dragging Main Street? Y'all don't do that anymore, do you? Dragging Main Street, drinking beer. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, sin's fun for a little while. For a little while. Then you got to pay the Fiddler. so we go off to college the drinking accelerates for him somewhere along that way the beer just didn't do it for him he started drinking hard liquor we buried one of our friends who died in an accident a few years ago he started drinking more after that because we were tight started drinking and drinking went to rehab, we didn't even know he went Saw him one day, he was, he'd gone from 250 pounds down to about 130. Sticking bones. Because he wasn't eating, all he was doing was drinking. We were in uh, Dallas at the Waterburger tournament. Watching our daughter play basketball. And I got a call. From Curtis, from, from this man's wife... She had found him on the kitchen floor convulsing. He could talk, but he couldn't get up. He died right there on that kitchen floor behind that alcohol. And I stood right there at that graveside and preached his funeral because his wife didn't want to have it in a church. She didn't want to have a sermon that was over 10 minutes long. She didn't want a bunch of people there. He didn't deserve to have his funeral in a church building. She was mad at God, at him, destroyed their family. Yet the world says it's okay. 1 Peter 5 and 8 be sober, be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour how can we see what's coming if we're, if we're, if we're drunk if we're high I added this in, in here this is the last little subject I'm going to touch, touch on today uh, modesty Romans 12 and 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, a lot of times when we do studies about morality in the past, I know we did this a bunch, we kind of hammered the women folk about their hair and their jewelry and all this stuff, okay? I'm going to tell you what, morality applies to all of us. The men and the boys as much as the women and the girls. Okay? The Bible is talking to all of us. You know, a couple of the most common questions I've asked when we do these youth, uh, youth studies, youth-geared meetings, is this. Is it all right if I go drink a beer with my buddies? Is it all right if I go get a tattoo? And you can imagine why they ask me that, because they know I've got them. Like, I'm going to give them permission to go do that. <laughs> you know, I mean, what are we looking for here? What is that question designed for? Well, it's designed for us to get, it's a permission statement, right? They want somebody to co sign that activity, to say it's all right to go drink a beer with their buddies, or to go get a tattoo. And then that question is often followed up with, can you show me a scripture where it says it's a sin to get a tattoo? What are we we doing, folks? Are we trying to set the bar just high enough to where we can creep over into heaven? Is that what we're doing? Just being good enough to get into heaven? Because that's not the heaven that the scriptures describes. It's not. 1 Corinthians 9 and 24 Know ye not that they which run in a race run all but one receive the prize? So run that you may obtain and every man that striveth for mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown but we an incorruptible. The scriptures tell us to excel do you do you have you ever heard of a great athlete that goes out and gets drunk all the time and it makes him faster? Makes him jump higher? Makes him box better? No. The scripture teaches us to strive for excellence. Not set the bar down here. As we close here, Man alone and the world, there's no integrity. None. And the reason there's no integrity is because the author of integrity is Jesus Christ. He is integrity. He is the definition of it. He was perfect in life, committed no sin. He was tempted. You know, I used to think that Jesus was just tempted those 40 days. Jesus was tempted his whole life. And we think, well, it was easier for him because he was the son of God. He was some kind of, he had some superhuman thing. He was tempted as we are tempted, folks. And he overcame it. He was perfect. He was perfect in fulfilling the law. He was the perfect sacrifice. The perfect one. The only one that would do. He is perfect in every way. He is integrity. Our king is the author of integrity. So why are we to have integrity? Well, first of all, because we're commanded to. There in Matthew 5 and 48, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is as perfect. And, you know, don't misunderstand that that means that we don't ever mess up. That word perfect there means to be complete, to be finished. I'm going to tell you what a person that when they mess up, that has integrity has, when they mess up, you know what they do? They get up off the ground. They get up off the ground and they fight. They fight the good fight. Why are we to have integrity? To love life and to see good days. 1 Peter 3 and 9 not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but counterwise blessing, knowing that you are there unto called, that you should inherit blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they may speak no guile. Now, God didn't promise us that loving life and good days was going to be without struggle. Okay? As a matter of fact, we're promised exactly the opposite. But that struggle and that fight it purifies us folks and there is no better life on this earth to live than the life we live as christians none better full filled full of struggle and hardship okay but we have the king of kings we have our brothers and sisters in christ the church we have a purpose in life to spread the gospel to help save those that are lost and to keep them once they're saved we have a purpose and we have a destiny in heaven. Why are we to have integrity? To be upheld. To be upheld. Psalms 41 and 11. By this I know that thou favorest me. Because my enemy doth triumph, does not triumph over me. And as for me thou upholdest me in my integrity. And settest me before thy face forever. Every one of you folks here has lost a loved one. Most of you folks here have been betrayed by a friend or a family member. Most of you folks have been hurt on occasion, maybe by even people within the church, within the congregation. Struggles happen. Bad things happen to good people. I'm going to ask you something. What, what, where would you be now? If the church and God hadn't been there for you to uphold you, boy, it'd be a miserable life, wouldn't it? Be a miserable life without the hope of seeing our loved ones again. Man, I, I man, I hold on to that to be reunited in the air. I'm gonna tell you something. I want to be upheld. I want to be upheld. And finally. To see God. To see God. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about seeing God? Matthew 5 and 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You know, sometimes when I think, when I sit there at night, late at night, and I can't sleep, and I get to thinking about heaven... Uh, (laughs) you know your mind does some crazy things but most often times I settle on what's it going to be like to be at the foot of the throne the throne with our Lord and Savior's feet right there I want to see God I want to, to, to see the Savior. I know you do too. And I, want, I know you want all your kids to see God and all your grandkids to see God. You want them to make it to heaven. One of the things that we're going to have to do to ensure that that happens is we're going to have to teach. We're going to have to teach about this stuff And I'm going to tell you why. Because the Bible teaches on it, first of all. And if we don't teach on it, guess who's going to teach them? The same people that say that there is no such thing as truth. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com. Or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.